0: What's up? It's your pal Wenchikistoticus, and this is The Bar Is Low. Every episode we take a look at a fanfiction or a collection of fanfictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. We normally talk about the Royal Fire Nation family here on the Fun for the Whole Family series, and I'd initially planned to keep it that way if I were ever to watch Legend of Korra, and I watched Legend of Korra, and... And the initial plan has been abandoned, because there isn't much Fire Family content for that show. But there are many other families featured. There's really not as much incest as there is for The Last Airbender, but there's definitely enough to squeeze a few episodes out of it. Korra's family, Aang and Katara's family, the Beifongs, Mako and Boleyn, and Tarlok, even Asami and her father have some nasty shit written about them. Just the sort of stuff I love to roast here on this series seriously though there was way less than i expected which was nice incest shipping is not the same sort of problem that is in this fandom as it is with the last airbender i could not find one fic about zuko raping his daughter ozai is crying from hell he's so disappointed in his son today's fucked up meter rating is a 10 out of 10 for rape abuse and obviously incest it's a fucking fun for the whole family episode expect no less than a 10 the stars of the show today will be Korra's family including her extended family like half the content's gonna be about them we'll begin with some narration and lighter stuff as usual we'll get to the darker stuff and the longer material towards the end some families won't be featured on this episode but maybe in the future so here we go welcome to the bar is low first ever legend of korra edition so this first one, Katang Fanficer is the author of quite a few fics that i discussed on the show before. The Lost Script, The Avatar, and The Fire Lord, Energy Bending, After All These Years, In Which Zuko Be Motherfucking, and Random's Requests and Rare Pairs. Today we're going to read a parody they wrote of their own work. I don't feel like constantly doing torture porn, so let's, you know, start ourselves off with something a little more fun instead, right? Let's ease us into it a little bit. Chapter one, and there's only one chapter, but chapter one is called The Perfect Love Story. Junora opened her bedroom door as quietly as possible. She glanced down the hall. It was dark and silent. Even her parents were in bed by now. She closed the door. It was time to write. This particular story had been floating around in her imagination all day. She had to get it out. Her well-hidden diary waited for her. Its pages ready to be filled with romance and intrigue. She snuggled up under a blanket and got to work. What a rough practice, said Mako, the dashing and super cute pro-bender. You said it, bro, said Bullen, the equally cute and funny pro-bender. They were hanging out in the locker room after practice and they were wearing nothing but their underwear. Their strong arms and sculpted chests were completely visible and their underwear didn't do much to hide the curve of their firm butt cheeks. It really got me worked up. I am rock hard right now, said Mako. He didn't even have to point. To it. His enormous bulge was so easy to see. He was just so chill about it and just so cool in general. Oh, yeah, said Bolin. Me too. Bolin stuck his hand down his underwear and adjusted the thick bulge that wanted to escape his undies. Cora's right down the hall. We could. Mako blushed, making him look even cuter than usual. Why wait for Cora, bro? <laughs> But well, pulled his underwear down, his big cock stuck out proudly between his legs. He immediately started masturbating right in front of his brother. Mako watched and followed his example. Now the two brothers were completely naked and touching themselves vigorously. Their legs got so shivery and weak that they had to lean on each other. They pressed their foreheads together and put their free hands on each other's shoulders. Jinora paused. She wanted a slower pace for the story, but she became too excited with her ideas. Her hands shook as she frantically sped things up and ignored her original concept for the story. Her handwriting came out as almost illegible scribbles. They kissed. Mako and Bolin totally kissed. They closed their eyes and pretended they didn't care, but they were actually quite embarrassed, so adorable. They were too horny to stop. They had to get off. All that masculine energy building up inside them all day. It was too much. They needed more than alone time. They needed physical contact with someone they love. Lin got on his knees and took his big brother's big cock in his mouth. Oh, bro, you're so good at this, moaned Mako. Bolin popped it out of his mouth and started licking it like a delicious dessert. You're so big, bro, he said. I think. I think I'm in love with you. Mako moaned and rubbed his hands against his perfect chest, feeling how hard his own nipples were. I think I love you too, he said. I don't need Cora anymore. I want to fuck you. Shinora stopped. She stealthily leapt out of bed. She opened the door and checked the hallway again, as if she expected her parents to be on their way to scold her for using the word fuck. But everyone was still asleep. Back to work! Before the two sweet horny boys can make love to each other, someone entered the locker room. Whoa, 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 said Mako. You can't just barge in here. I can do whatever I want, losers, said Tano. I can't believe you two are fucking each other. Tano, their gorgeous rival, was standing in the middle of the room with nothing but his tight underwear on. He was so gorgeous, his hair was amazing, and his back was like a work of art. We were just, said Bolin, practicing for me, asked Tano. Yeah. "'I know.' Tono pulled down his underwear and walked over to the two brothers. "'Get on your knees and experience how a real cock tastes.' The handsome brothers did as they were told. They kissed, sucked, and licked their rival's powerful cock. He smiled and ran his fingers through their beautiful hair. "'Yeah, that's it,' said Tono. "'Now who wants it in the ass first? "'Me,' shouted Bowen. "'Your cock is so big and sexy just like you. I want you to fuck me.' "'Very well.' And then they fucked. Tano's big cock went into Bolin's perfect booty over and over. Mako was so horny that he stood up and started kissing Tano. No way, loser! Down here," said Tano, slapping his own butt. Mako totally went for it and started kissing Tano's stunning butt. Tano ejaculated inside Bolin. Bolin moaned like the cutie he totally was. I need a wash off," said Tano. "You losers have fun while I'm gone." Tano went to the showers while Mako and Bolin cuddled on the floor. They're super hot bodies rubbed against each other. They were in love. So in love. I'm so in love with you, said Mako, his amazing golden eyes shimmering as he gazed into the awe-inspiring green eyes of his younger brother. You're the best bro, said Bolin, hugging him so tight that he thought he'd never let go. I'll always be here for you. And then they made out. They rolled and tumbled on the floor, continuing to profess their love for each other. Their huge raging boners crashed <laughs> Raging voters crashed into each other, filling them with erotic waves of pleasure and brotherly love. Tana was so impressed by their love that he left them alone after he finished his shower. Mako and Bovin's love was unconquerable. The end. The perfect love story, Janora whispered to herself. She buried her face in her pillow and giggled. She hadn't planned on finishing this particular story so soon, but it was getting late anyway. Once her diary was back in its hiding place, she finally made the attempt to fall asleep, but it would be a while before she calmed down. She prepared herself for a rough morning. So this girl is like 10 years old, right? And she's writing porn. You know, for a 10-year-old writing porn, it's not bad. I gotta say, I mean, is it good? No, but I've definitely read worse. As a 10-year-old, I was like just learning what sex was. I didn't even like know any of this, this lingo that she knows. (laughs) Where is she learning this from? Who is teaching her these things? (laughs) Maybe they just have better sex ed in Republic City than they do here in America. This girl is dirty. What the hell? She is an incest kink. That's fucked up, man. You're 10 and you have an incest kink. I don't want to know what the hell goes on in that family. So for our next fic, this is going to be our second and last full narration that I'm doing today, and there really wasn't nearly as much incest fic about Unalak as I anticipated. Like, you know, I expected some creepy uncle shit. I expected some, like, bad dad molests his kids stuff, but what I found was Tanrak and Unalak, weirdly enough. There's, like, no context for this, but there are just so many little gems in this fic that I just had to read it, because it's fucking ridiculous. All right, here we go. Tonrock had just watched Unalak return after guiding the spirits back to the forest. Tonrock realized that he would face severe consequences for what he had done, but he had to be thankful to his brother. He wanted to forget that he was going to be punished, and he had the perfect way to pleasure himself. He stood by the window of his room. He was shirtless, his abs defined in his chest. In his chest, yes. As the moon shone down on him, his penis erect. He was looking at his brother. He imagined him naked. He saw his slim body pressed against his, their cocks rubbing against one another. He imagined his brother gauged and tied against the board of his bed. He snapped back to reality. He noticed he had gone fully hard, his pants bulging, forming a tented triangle. He knew that if he was going to enjoy his night, then there was something he wanted to do. More like someone he wanted to do. He walked down the hallway to his brother's room. He was trying to control his cock. He didn't want to pass the guards rock hard. He knocked on his brother's chamber doors. They creaked open and he found his brother shirtless meditating on his bed. He noticed that the door handle was wet and concurred that his brother had used waterbending. I don't think concurred is the word you want to use. That means agreed. unalak opened his eyes, got off the bed, and walked towards his brother. Hello, what can I do for you, Tanrok? He said. Remember those years ago when I helped you with your first time masturbating? Well, you're going to put those skills and that dick to good use, he replied. Okay, so we're just going to mention that fucking Tanrok taught him how to masturbate, and we're just not going to expand on that at all. We're just going to leave that there. Where's that story? Tonric reached out his hands and undid the robes covering Unalak's lower body. Unalak pulled down his brother's pants using water bending. Fucking extra. Why the fuck does he need to use water bending? Use your fucking hands like a normal person. His brother was completely exposed and Unluck only wearing pants. Unluck bent down to his knees, reached out and took his brother's slightly aroused cock and started pumping the foreskin around it up and down slowly. Tanruk felt his 5-inch cock become slightly more aroused. He felt it start to straighten hard and then altogether more erect. Suddenly, he felt something cold and moist wrapping around his erect 6-inch cock. "'He looked down to find water in the place of his brother. "'His brother had completely disrobed and was lying down on the bed. "'Tonrick had rippling abs and was of a broad build. "'He had six-pack abs and lines leading down to his massive crotch. "'His brother was of a slim build and had quite a few ab- <laughs> "'quite a few abs, and Penis grew to quite an expectable length.' Ah, uh, quite a few abs it's <laughs> just how many abs <laughs> usually you have six or perhaps eight a few abs yes he has five abs i'm gonna say that unlock has five abs <sighs> also expectable length what the fuck does that mean Tanrak walked towards his brother and assumed the top position. He leaned his head in and their lips locked for two seconds. Before Tanrak pulled away to start slowly and sensationally kissing down his brother's chest, Unalak's body was slightly defined, more so than Tanrak remembered, but his body was still more muscular and had Jesus lines leading to his crotch. Hey, what the fuck does Jesus lines mean? They don't have Jesus in the Avatar universe. What the fuck is Jesus doing here? Tonrock's abs pressed against his brother's slim, curvy body. Tonrock was so hunky, his love handles nicely shaped. Before long, Tonrock's kisses led him down to his brother's pubic hair above his penis. He positioned himself and finally started to tease the head with his tongue. Tonrock took his hand and pulled his foreskin down to the root, rubbing his throbbing cock, pleasuring himself. He then removed his hand from his own erect member and took his brother's slightly hard 3.5-inch cock. So so Specific with numbers into his mouth. Um, Unlock started to moan, his body feeling the full sensation. Tonrock felt his brother getting harder and harder in his mouth. He was finally fully erect, all caps. Tonrock had been fisting his own dick. How do you fist your dick? No, you, you he just fit his whole fist up his dick hole. What the fuck? Y'all don't know what fisting is? It's right there in the name. It's a fist. Okay? Tanarak slowly engulfed Unlock's shaft and sucked up and down. The rubbing sensation is what? Unlock love. Okay, we're just gonna change tenses there. would removed his lips for a few moments, only to start tracing the slightly defined abs in his brother's chest. This made Unlock's dick spring slightly more upright. Unlock knew his orgasm was near and started to arch his back. Tanarak crouched his cock and helped his brother reach his climax by slowly and sensationally rubbing the foreskin up and down and then without warning unalak started to come rapidly exploding all over his brother's hand and his chest he took a long deep breath out and slowly stooped his penis from spewing cum can we just talk about that how that ends stooped his penis from spewing cum stooped i mean obviously they meant stopped but stooped and then spewing. That's just not a sexy word, you know? And they keep using the word sensationally. Like what the hell? <laughs> Tonrock flipped his brother over. He was now completely face flat down, his sheet covered by the sensuous. What what is this word? Sensuous. Yeah, I think s e-n-s-t-u-i-o-u-s Sensuous liquid that had spewed um, spewed again out of his erection unalak lay there helpless while Tarnrock took his fully erect seven inch cock to his brother's arsehole and slowly in and out he thrusted. his penis was enjoying the sensation Yes, just his penis was enjoying it. He was not. His penis has a mind of its own. It was just like a girl's pussy. Unlock was moaning. He was murmuring. Oh, oh, yes, Tonrock. You're so hard for my cock. Shove it in there. And oh, yeah, just like that. Tonrock's reply was, you know you like it. My dick is so hard for you. Oh, do you like it like that? Tanrak started to stroke his brother's back, slowly caressing and massaging him, sliding his fingers along his love handles, admiring them. water waterbent Tanrak off his back and assumed the top position. He slowly locked lips with his brother. He slowly removed his lips from his brother's and moved to his neck. I feel like that could have been one sentence. There, he started slowly suck tonrock moaned in pleasure his cock was rubbing against his brothers he couldn't wait to reach that long and massive cock he wanted tonrock to beg to plead for mercy oh yes unalak yes 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 unalak was now sucking hard and fast he was simultaneously feeling tonrock's rock hard abs tonrock was in love with this blowjob but like all good things it came to an end and that's just how this fic ends yep like all good things that came to an end what So yeah, I don't know why that exists. I don't know why any of these exist, but hey, it does. Alright, I'm done with my narration now, so let's go back to what we typically do on here, which is roast select portions of shitty porn. This is the first twin ses fic I'm covering. Can y'all believe that? I'm gonna just say right now that there was a scene from the actual show that, like, had me fucking shook, where, like, there was some dude that was like, hey, Water Tribe Twins, uh, y'all know that you booked a hotel room with only one bed, right? So, my bitch ass paused the episode to be like, oh no, get the fuck out of here, because, you know, reading all this shit, like, poisons my brain. But I was very relieved when I unpaused it and Eska said, hey, yeah, yeah, it's fine because Desna sleeps in the bathtub. So in this fic, it's just another boring day at the Ice Palace and Eska and Desna are tired of mediating their subjects disputes. The two examples of disputes they give are, he stole my cabbage and she killed my brother. I'm sorry, we're going to put those on the same level, like minor property theft and murder. I mean, Cabbage Guy was straight up ready to have Team Avatar beheaded when we first met him in omashu so i don't know but they're like eh, fuck it we're gonna side with that guy because we just want to go home early really that's all and we want to fuck this fake is written a bit weirdly they be lacking some punctuation changing tenses and there's like a greater than sign in front of every new paragraph i mean if you're not gonna put spaces between paragraphs i'll take this even if it's a bit unconventional it avoids the whole block of text effect so these bitches go back to their room and they start role-playing and you know considering the whole desna sleeps in the bathtub line i expected eska to be doming him the whole time but no they switch off they do like this jail or prisoner role play and oh my god eska just like water bends a box of sex toys out of the ice and desna's like oh that's my stolen property how naughty of you you must be punished so why don't we talk about some phrasing now because it's my favorite thing especially in this fic oh my god there's so much weird phrasing nipples standing at attention man this just made me imagine like a nipple boot camp nipples going off to war to liberate the female presenting nipples his erection screaming against his underpants weirdly enough i do kind of like the use of the word screaming but underpants not very sexy the soft warm lump of flesh he was so fond of you can just say tit, okay? Y- y'all know that, right? For real. And then no no, please does not escakude in counterfeit fear. I don't think that's quite the right use of the word counterfeit. Like yeah it means fake but you use it to talk about fake money not a fake emotion i had to counterfeit an orgasm last night you guys those bitches are so counterfeit they just be saying you're so nice and then they talk shit about you behind your back so counterfeit like you no, know, it doesn't work <laughs> then just refer to a vagina small glistening honey pot sometimes i really love this job this is why I read bad porn. Sometimes I forget that it's about finding the worst phrasing, not the worst situations. Unfortunately though, they do also hit us with the S word in the womb and womanhood. Stick to small glistening honeypot. At least that was funny. So Desna gags her and fucks her and calls her a plebeian and a slutty peasant, you know, for his dirty talk. But he prematurely ejaculates, so, you know, as one does, she has to punish him for that. She tells him to service her, swine. So he eats her pussy while fucking her with the dildo. And he's got another trick up his sleeve called fingers in her ass. More phrasing from this part eska used her water bending to bend the s word ugh, out of herself before a scandal took root in her belly i think i'm gonna start calling fetuses scandals from now on i'm gonna call children scandals too Fuck it oh aren't you mommy's little scandal they also say cunny instead of cunt or pussy weird okay juice spewing from her pussy there's that spewing again in what world is spewing sexy and then this fucking little bit of dialogue your climax was larger than normal eska again with the slightly off word choice bigger than normal to describe an orgasm it mean, sounds okay to me but not larger than normal not as weird as counterfeit fear though i got to say so this is the shit I'm talking about. This is the type of bad porn I want to see more often. Alas, that's not how it be in this next fic. Cause this next fic is fucked up. More Water Tribe incest, but not Korra's family. Cause this fic is just Tarlok's tragic childhood and family issues, but with incest. Cause you know, it'd be like that sometimes. They wrote it in first person and I'm imagining Tarlok telling Korra this story but it's this version, he's just like, um, yeah, baby, I'm making up all this shit because it turns me on to see how freaked out you get. So we begin with the family discovering that Amon is a bender because he pulled his little bro out of the hole. And everyone's like, oh my god, baby Noatak is a water bender. Ooh, he's so talented. This bitch Tarlok, though, he broke his angle, who cares? But you know, maybe he'll be good for something later. Then they really expect me to take this seriously though. They're trying to find out tarlock is a bender by just throwing snowballs at him and it gets intense like i'm sorry but throwing snowballs at people is what you do to have fun like actual fun not fun for the whole family as it is defined by this series it's hard to make it sound abusive but that's what they're going for here so eventually tarlock in the depths of humiliation he waterbends in his fury and yakone is thrilled even though he just went skating over the ice and you know got banged up a little bit and then when they go home the mom is angry that yakone took tarlock out when he was still recovering from falling in a hole and all that shit. And Yukon hits her because he's a fucking dick. So this scene, oh my God, this fucking scene. So the bros are just lying down. They sleeping, or rather trying to sleep. And Tarlok wakes up because something is pressing into his leg. And little baby No-Talk has a boner because his parents are having sweet, sweet makeup sex and they can hear it through those thin ice walls. Now, Harlock is seven years old in this flashback. How the fuck does he even know what a boner is at that age? Or sex, really? He's seven. How does he know any of this shit? So they just basically lie there uncomfortably listening to their parents fuck. They don't actually do anything, though. That's nice. It goes on about their training, and which Mon's real good at, but Tarlock is a slower learner. But Yukon punishes Notak for all his brother's mistakes. One day when Tarlock fucks up, Yukon's like, hey, you know what? Beating the shit out of my kids isn't enough. Time to fuck baby Yamon in the ass and I'm gonna stare down my other son the entire time so he feels as guilty as possible. Can you fucking imagine? Oh my god. Yukon is really out here trying to snag the worst dad ever award for my man Ozai. Oh, then this fucking dude makes Tarlok fuck his brother because cause fuck you, I guess. That's why. He makes this fucking kid ride both of them, and I guess Amon learns to like it. We get the reinterpretation of the scene where Yacone makes Tarlok and Amon bloodbend each other, and it's in this scene in which Yacone finally decides to fuck Tarlok instead of punishing his prodigy son for everything, and Amon's just like, No, Dad, fuck me instead. But Yacone, of course, doesn't listen, so Amon just snaps, bloodbends him, runs away, and yeah, that's the last time Tarlok sees him until the events of the series. Man, why do people think this shit isn't necessary? This author is perverted Harlock telling this story to Cora just to get off on her discomfort. Okay, so now it's time for our two slightly longer selections to close us off. This one is comparatively tame. I thought it was going to be porn without plot, but no, it, it kind of has a plot and it, it, there's not really porn in it either. So, believe it or not, there was only one Fire Family in Sis I found for Legend of Korra. Which, I get, you know, they aren't key players like they are in the original show, but there was only one! I built this series on the Fire Family all fucking each other. This is very jarring for me. So what's the pairing, you're wondering? Well, someone INVENTED a sister for General Iroh so he could fuck her. Can y'all believe this? She's named Zusa and she's six years younger than him. And Iroh's always been told to love her and get along with her because of, you know, the shit that went down with Zuko and Azula. And this boy loves his sister a little too much, or more accurately, in the wrong way. He goes up to the academy when he's 18, joins the United Forces, and when he comes back six years later, as a full-grown man, Zusa has also grown the fuck up, and she is hot, baby, and she's 18, so it's, like, legal, you know? I guess it could be creepier, because he's like, yeah, this is not the 12-year-old girl I remember. This is a woman. This is a woman, and they'd be making out. So more time goes by. The events of the series happen. Iro tries to date other people, but Zeusa's being a little bitch about it, and hold the fuck up. Iroh was 36 in the show? Why did he have the voice of angsty teenage Zuko then? I just assumed he was like 20 or something. I learned shocking things about fictional characters in so many of these recent episodes. Such as that Misty from Pokemon has a last name and is like 12 years old. Misty Waterflower. I had no idea that she even had a surname. So, at Prince Wu's coronation, Zeusa hits up Mako and they get together. And when she brings him home, man, the fire family still be a mess. Less of a mess than before, but like still a fucking mess that fights with and fucks each other. Iru is a jealous little bitch. She's just like, oh, why do you have to date someone who looks exactly like me? This is disgusting. And Zeusa's like, actually, brother, we're disgusting. That's who's nasty. Yeah, nasty. So the family be fighting, and Iroh needs to get away from all that shit. But, you know, so do Zusu and Mako. So he basically spies on them, and they, like, nearly start fucking in public. But Mako chickens out because he's a little bitch who's never been finger fucked during a beach sunset like some of us. (laughs) So is like, how about I take you on a tour of the country if you're such a little bitch you won't fuck me in public? And then Iroh, you know, he sees this and he storms off to mommy like, I can't just let my sister fuck her much younger boyfriend in peace like a normal person. I have to go with them on their vacation. Zusa's a fire princess and still needs protection. And Izumi's just like, okay, I guess. So they have a nice little trip around the Fire Nation, just the three of them, which man, that must be painful as hell. Iro be third wheel and Mako be picking up on those funky vibes he has no idea that she used to fuck her brother does she he has no idea so they go to the gates of azulon some fire temples museums ember island the boiling rock prison take that bitch to an abandoned prison fucking cute date ideas am i right and they go to a festival in that city that had the shirtless statue of ozai which they tore down and replaced it with some dragons though it's so sad i'll miss metal ozai and his counterfeit crotch bulge so the whole time, yeah, everyone's really uncomfortable throughout this whole vacation. is acting like an overgrown child, and Mako's just like, did you really have to bring your brother along on our vacation? And finally, when they go to the Air Nomad Memorial, is like, fucking over it. Like, hey, I know our family committed genocide. We suck. I get the fucking point. But Iroh knows how to comfort a bitch. Doesn't matter if that bitch is your sister. Make out with her whole ass anyways. And when the trip ends, he goes to see Zeus just to say goodnight. No, no don't lie to yourself, Iroh. We, you went there to fuck her. And you did so the fire nation does later decide to throw some random ass party a little after they get back or so it seems to be random grandma may is in this fic and she's grumpy as shit she and zuko are divorced and she's like the source of all the pain and disharmony in the fire family nowadays well, like, that and Iroh's incestuous desires. So, Zusa proposes to Mako, which is the true reason for the party, and Mako's horrified about it, like, oh, okay, I guess I'll marry you, and Iroh, the little shit, is like, no, you can't marry him, and challenges Mako to an Agni Kai in front of everyone. Just throws a temper tantrum. My dude, you're 40 years old. Stop being a gigantic piss baby. Like, at least Grandpa Zuko had an excuse for being such a little bitch because he was 16. You were a grown-ass man. You need to let it go, you Alabama-ass motherfucker. Rather, sister-fucker, more accurately. And there's this fucking line. Agni Kai's were fought to the death in Fire Lord O'Zai's time. No, they fucking weren't. Otherwise, your ass wouldn't be here right now but the shit that goes down oh my god the way this ends they're in the middle of this intense battle and mako manages to knock Ira over and then he just grabs him and kisses him and, and he's like is this what you wanted iroh because he thinks that Ira was in love with him the whole time and that's why he acted like that around him and zusa <laughs> and Ira's not gonna lie in front of everyone so he's like yeah that's totally what's been going on definitely haven't been fucking my sister on and off for the last 16 years And then Mako realizes what's up. And Iroh looks at his mom and realizes that she also realizes. And then also Prince Wu was there the whole time and there's this scene of him and Mako where he's like, Baby, why did you kiss him? What does he have that I don't? So Mako and Zusa have a violent breakup fight where she's like, I know you fucked your brother, don't deny it. she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Okay fine. I did all of the gross shit you think I did with him. And more, probably. And the scene with Izumi, I like this scene a lot, actually. She berates her kids, and Zusa has some, like, pretty fucking raw lines here. And I'm, I'm just gonna read this exchange. We come from a long line of genocidal murderers, and Iroh and I have shamed the family. Azumi frowned. Don't make excuses for what you've done. I make no excuses, mom. I've been taught to be ashamed for everything my family's ever done since the moment I learned to talk. My great grandfather Ozai, the tyrant. My great Aunt Azula, the would-be assassin, my ancestor a murderer of millions of people who would be long dead by now anyways. I've felt their sins. We've all felt their sins. To the point where we're afraid to cough in another country's direction for fear of setting off a war. Shame comes naturally to a person like me. No, if it really came naturally to you, you'd be ashamed of your disgusting deeds and your heartless words of defense. Get them both out of my sight. The guards gripped onto her arms. Zeusa didn't struggle back but she screamed as she was pulled away. This is a family built on sin! A nation built on lies! How can I help it, mother? How can I help it? And then May comes up and she's basically like, Zeus is right, Zumi. The bar really it's fucking low for our family. Our shitty, shitty family and then they punish Zusa and Iroh by separating each other and then there's, there's just this ending scene of like Bolin and Mako comparing their love lives like how they both dated princesses who were weirdly close with their brothers and then having like quote-unquote weird gavings with Wu and Varric so yeah I expected this to be porn without plot but that was not the case but I do have to ask what was the point of this fic it didn't exist for people to beat their meat to that's for sure and it didn't exist to illuminate a relationship between existing characters I think it serves to explore a post-war Fire nature under Azumi's reign, which is especially highlighted by Zusa's rant that I just read and the fact that they took a trip around the country. Maybe what it's saying is that the Fire Nation will always be tainted by the sins of its former leaders and sometimes you just can't run from the past. Invariably, once you take up the mantle of Fire Lord or King or President or whatever your title is, you have to deal with the problems left by your predecessors. Some of us choose it, but some of us, like poor Zusa here, are born into and molded by shame and it deeply affects who we become anyway that's enough kind of deep stuff let's get back to the porn to close this off and it's time to talk about an author who's been on this series a lot that's drace domino you can always count on your old boy drace domino for some wacky porn especially wacky incest porn and boy howdy i'm sure glad i can finally talk about legend of korra because this motherfucker has a lot of fics about it by the way i thought i should mention that this fic was commissioned someone paid money for this to be written the y'all nasty, and that's that on that. So in this video, Cor goes on a hunting trip with her dad, and they get trapped in a little ice cave to wait out a blizzard. Don't worry, you guys. It takes place during her convalescence period before season four. She's an adult. And Kor is like, yeah, this is fine being stuck here, because we need to talk about this little something that happened between us a few months ago. And Tanrock be like, can't happen again. But that quickly, quickly falls away when she starts fondling him. And he's like, okay, okay it can happen again but your mother cannot know about this drace domino where's my cora senna tonrock threesome you're fucking slacking off no please don't write that i've suffered so much the last time i read an incestuous she was threesome by you or just you know any incestuous she was threesome period or just incest god why do i do this to myself so cora goes down on him and she's like huh, why does mom get to do this to you all the time but we have to be stuck in a blizzard for me to be able to suck your dick this is not fair so they 69 in that fucking little frozen cave let's talk about some phrasing they keep referring to her pussy as folds. Don't like that. And they call her pussy juice sweet nectar. <laughs> Quote, his tongue started to beat faster and faster to her dark folds. I don't know why the usage of the word beat is so funny to me, but it is. Maybe it sounds like they're cooking, like they're just beating eggs and they gotta make some, some magic pussy cake. Her juicy sex, savoring his daughter's most intimate flavor. <laughs> I wanna die. And then this one. He kissed harder into Korra, his tongue battering the young woman's and pinning it to the roof of her mouth. Every flail of his tongue driving their passion further. Their tongue's really out here battling for dominance. Sounds like they're fucking wrestling. I also find it so weird that she's calling him dad the whole time. Like, I'm used to seeing father, because, you know, that's what the fire kids call Ozai to his face. Or I'm used to seeing daddy. I, I got really used to seeing daddy. It's not funny like it used to be, which is sad. Like, seeing fuck me dad. That's very strange. Like it should be fuck me daddy. So like do your pal one chicostalicus a favor. If you're in a relationship where you call your partner daddy, call him dad once and just see what happens and let me know the results she does call him daddy though just one time when they have full vaginal sex and he gets all freaked out because he netted inside her like y'all are waterbenders you know what you could do to reduce your risk of pregnancy semen bend that shit right out of there it's not that hard eska just did it earlier this episode <sighs> but 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 she does she does in fact get pregnant because I don't know why people think this is necessary. Why do I keep seeing this shit? Like, pregnancy is a fetish. Okay, it's not inherently fucked up or anything. Instance is a fetish? No. And then when you combine them, it just becomes this abysmal monster that makes me very sad about my species so it's been four months since chapter one and they're still hiding the true identity of the baby daddy from Cora's mom and Cora's like huh, I was drunk I have no idea who I had sex with but eventually she has to tell Santa what the deal is they out here like Cora will restore balance not by quashing terrorist movements toppling dictators and battling dark spirits like she did in canon but she will restore balance in her family by revealing that she fucked her own father. Seriously, they keep using the word balance. I ain't making this shit up. So she's like, well, mom, dad's been so troubled lately because he knows who the father is. And if you just listen to me and try to understand, then it'll be fine. I can restore balance to us. And miraculously, it is fine. And Senna goes to bring Tonrock to bed, and Cora's already there, just naked in the candlelight. Probably has, like, rose petals strewn around her. Probably, like, tastefully blindfolded and bound sensually to the bedposts with the golden handcuffs from the first Fun for the Whole Family episode. Probably some poor, unfortunate soul playing the violin who's either getting off to this way too much or just wishing for the sweet, sweet release of death. No in between. Drake's Domino. I'm sorry I died. You because we do get to the Cora, Senna, Tarn rock threesome. It's not just they share Tonrock like Senna's down with the incest too. Like got a finger the daughter, you know. I am the violinist who craves death. So Cora again sucks some dick and Senna says, I quote, when your father comes, don't swallow. We share in this family and pretty much they make out over his dick. Another quote, your father's always been able to go all night. I want to watch you fuck him. So yeah uh santa Isarat. will well tonrock titty fucks her and get this they call her boobs orbs three times just end my life right now and there's just a lot of gross threesome stuff because you know orgies they're fun for the whole family cora inherited squirting from her mom apparently and i fucking quote cora had brought balance to her parents bedroom Look, I don't judge you for what you beat your meat to as much as I used to do, but isn't there anything else you could get off to instead of this? I mean, really, this is not okay. Why are y'all like this? So that's all I have for this edition of Korra Fun for the Whole Family. My God, Korra's whole family really did have fun. Everyone got some. Tonrock even got some twice. So next week will be another Dixar episode because it's been too long since I added to that series. Then I'm planning on making Rappers for another Legend of Korra edition. And then it's episode 69. And we're sure as hell gonna do something special for that. So today we covered Jinura's Smut Diary by Katang Fanficker, Tanrak and Unalok and the Barbarian Attack by Mako X Cora XOXO, Another Boring Day in the Palace by Goid, spelled G-O-I-D, Avatar The Tale of Tarlok by Decimated Oddity, Zusa, Sister of Iroh by Quiet Profanity, and Avalanche, by trace domino the bar is low is on instagram you can find us at the bar is low with an underscore in between each word follow us you'll know what's coming up next if you have a fic to suggest feel free to get in contact with me and if you want to drop a rating or review on itunes that'd be real cool i'm not gonna beg you for five stars give me however many damn stars you think i deserve and as always i'm your pal kiss this is the bar is low thank you for joining me and that's all for today